are listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the SLT Podcast, Quarantine Edition. Coming to you in your homes, from our homes, SLT is here recording. I'm Sam. I'm Courtney. I'm... Classic. I'm Alex. I'm Courtney. And I'm Taylor. And today we are going to be talking we form about Captain Planet. <laughs> oh. Earth. Fire. Wind. Water. <laughs> Is that the right order? Yep. Yep. Today we are going to be talking about online church services, which has been affecting us and probably your families as well. But before we get into that, we want to have some fun because if you don't know, next week is Easter week, and we are really excited about that. But with the theme of Easter, we are going to be taking a personality quiz called Which Classic Easter Treat Are You? All right, people, let's begin. First question is, what is your favorite candy? And the options are, of course, you have hard candies. Hershey's Kisses, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, M&M's, Fine Truffles, or Harboro Gummy Candies. So like gummy bears, or mm-hmm. like the gummy thingies. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Only one of them got an adjective, Fine Truffles. Yeah, that's true. Not them, them low-grade truffles. The picture makes it look really good. They kind of look like cake pops to me. And I'm going to go with fine truffles. I feel like that's the high-end designer VIP way to treat yourself. I'm going to go with gummy candies. They look like they're sour gummies, so I'm all about that. I'm going to go with um, connection error image not found. Looks delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Yum. (laughs) Alex is having internet issues over here, and so gummy candies for me. Yeah. My, uh, my my favorite candy are sour gummy bears. Mm, they're so good. All right. Second question is describe your best quality. Is it your dependability, your comforting nature, your wittiness, your cool attitude, adventurous spirit, or unpredictability? Best quality implies that you have any good qualities. So Alex, this one is not going to load for you. Ouchies. <laughs> You don't think I have a comforting nature? Mm, nope. I've been called the chamomile tea of humans. Wow, okay. I'm going to go with unpredictability. Wild card. Yeah. Oh, just kidding. Um, I guess I'll go with wittiness right after humility. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with comforting nature. That's true. Timo? Yeah, I'll do dependability then. We'll do that. That's good. Sure. Why not? Cool, cool. All right. What is your favorite part about Easter? I feel like this is kind of a trap. Uh, it it is one, a trap. It's a trap. Going to church, the Easter egg hunt, hanging out with family, the candy, or the feast, which do you guys have like an Easter feast? I don't really know that's a thing. Trick question. The feast is the candy. Ah. Okay. Obviously. That's smart. That's smart. Um, yeah, I see what you mean by the trap because like there's it's going to church and then like all the uh-huh. <laughs> non church related things. On that note, I'm going to go with the Easter egg hunt because Ooh, <laughs> that go. was me and my family are very competitive on the Easter egg hunt. And I um, up until last Easter, we've still been doing Easter egg hunts. Oh, and wow. the oldest out of us is 28. So 
The fun never ends. Yeah. All right. So this brings us to our favorite question. This is <gasps> that baby boy. Oh, the cute. This is adorable. It just says, pick the cutest picture. And there's one of like a cupcake with like a little bunny or like a little chick um, <laughs> in a bunch of flowers or these two chicks that have like silly, goofy faces. Um, they, they're not um, cute. Those are a little creepy. Yeah. They're not as cute. <laughs> they're like Picasso. It's up to the interpreter. That's what I chose. <laughs> And then you have a bunny, which on the bunny riding like a horse is a little chick, like he's riding it like a battle bunny. That one's captioned, unlikely friendship. <laughs> and then the obvious answer, everyone, is a little baby bunny who's being held in the palm of their hand and it's yawning. And so, of course, everyone has to pick that one. Except Alex, probably. No, I, I chose the weird bird. It looks like a Tim Burton rejected claymation bird. <laughs> I'm bringing in a guest picker for mine, a fan of all things cute. So my wife is going to come oh, in. So cuter. which is the cutest picture of these? The bunny yawning. The little baby bunny yawning? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Okay. That's not, that's unsurprising, but. You know why that bunny's yawning? <laughs> because all of you chose boring choices. Okay. <laughs> all right. Which eggs would you most like to hunt? Going with the dyed eggs because Jesus died for our sins. Well. All right, what did everybody get? I got the chocolate bunny. Ooh. It says, like the chocolate nice. bunny, you're nice and simple. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I also got the chocolate bunny. I got I got Cadbury cream egg. It says, uh, you never fail to amuse and attract us. True, I'm super attracting. Um, <laughs> attractive? Oh yeah. Uh, mine says that I am jelly beans, and it says, like the unpredictable jelly bean flavor, nary a person can pin down your next move. You're adventurous and willing to try anything at least once. The thrill of the unknown propels you to travel around the globe, eat just about every weird and wacky thing, and skydive whenever the opportunity arises. Wow. That does not sound like you at all. No. <laughs> I think it was confused. <laughs> but I appreciate the attempt. Okay, so speaking of Easter, um, we wanted to talk a little bit today about this new world of online church that everybody is navigating through during this shelter at home time. And Easter is historically one of the most attended church services. And so this is definitely going to look very different for a lot of local churches. And we just wanted to dive into um, this topic of what what it can look like for us and how we can um, rally around our local churches and what it's going to look like after our shelter at home is finally done. So um, let's start off with what y'all's thoughts are on the opportunities that online church brings. So it's been two weeks, I think, of our church doing the online services and Guilty Confession. Um, we've watched both of them from bed, which is not ideal. I think they may actually like recommend that you don't do that so that you can focus more. Um, but I can say safely that like, I'm so glad that we're doing it instead of doing nothing because I mean, realistically right now, those are the only two options for getting a church experience is either doing the online thing or not doing anything. And um, it is so much better than nothing. Um, it's really encouraging. It can be a little awkward, especially like during the worship time. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess some people are are good at doing like the living room singing thing with their family. Um, I am personally not quite there. I like, you know, I'll, I'll play some worship music on my own, but um, 
definitely just listening to the worship and absorbing that and listening to the lyrics and letting my um, spirit be encouraged by that and then listening to the message. We've really loved it. And I think it does create a sense of normalcy during this time, yeah. even though it's different, the setting in which we're participating and listening um, to our pastor preach. But at the same time, that's been something that's become so familiar to our routines that yeah. it's nice to yeah. have some sense of, okay, I'm hearing the same person speak words of encouragement and truth during this season, and mm -hmm. that's not going to change. Yeah, that sense of normalcy is so important right now when like you're surprised. Oh, wait, it's Sunday. <laughs> and I think something interesting too right now is in the culture of online churches. I mean, obviously, there were some that um, maybe didn't even have online services yet. And they've kind of been forced to adopt that model um, in order to just continue connecting with their people and their congregation. And so there's been some just interesting results culturally for the churches in our area. Um, I love, I'm really encouraged by seeing how many of our local churches are rallying around their communities and organizing things like um, curbside meal pickups right now for families that um, are struggling and are providing different curriculum and things for families to come and get um, so that they have spiritually oriented lessons and things to do with their kids. So I really love seeing that even amidst all of this change that the churches are taking it as an opportunity to do something positive and get maybe even more involved in their communities than they were before. Yeah. And it's just such a crazy, unique thing that we're able to still do this because of the technology that we have today. Um, like 10, 15, 20 years ago, this would have not been possible. Like if you can imagine streaming a service online using our dial-up modem of growing up, like it, it mm -hmm. just wouldn't work. And so it's just really neat that like the Lord is not taken off guard by this and um, surprised by this and that like we're able to still as best we can um, we gather separately in our homes together. And another opportunity that this has created is that we definitely do have families um, at Liberty that haven't found their local church where they want to plug in. And so we know that we have at least a month ahead of us where this is going to be our new normal. And so that gives opportunity of looking at different churches in the area and logging on on Sunday morning and watching with your family together to see what this church looks like. And I think one of the things that I always tell um, seniors that are going off to college is that they need to give themselves a deadline of, okay, when I go to this new city, I'm going to give myself until the second month of college to find a local church because that's something that you want to get plugged into fast. And there's wherever you go, there's going to be a lot of options of what churches and you can get lost in trying them out and then trying them a second time and then a third time and never really settling and plugging in somewhere. And so this is a great chance to be able to say, okay, my deadline is in a month or whenever we're going to go back to normal. But until then, our family can sit together and look even on websites and see statement of beliefs of different churches and get to hear the pastors and their hearts for their local body of Christ and then make that decision as a family and get plugged in once we get back. Going along with that, I mean, there have been a lot of good things that have come out of this epidemic that's, you know, sweeped um, our nation. And I think that the longing for community has been brought up. And I think that the church, as best as we can, I think a lot of churches have responded um, in a really beautiful way. Um, 
which leads us to the next point of, hey, if this seems to kind of be working, if there seems to be good things coming out of this, then should this somewhat become normal for us? Should we get comfortable with the way uh, that online church has kind of been introduced in a mainstream way? Like once the corona kind of subsides and we're able to get back to normalcy, should we still have online church and should that be what we do from here on out? Right. And so I think to approach this question that everybody's going to be asking themselves, you have to look at the question of, well, what is the church in the first place? And you've probably heard something that's become kind of a cliche in Christian culture, a phrase, um, the church is not a building. And so we say the phrases like, oh, we're going to go to church or where do you go to church? Um, But church is not really something you're supposed to go to as if it's a place. But what 1 Corinthians 12 says is the church is really the body of Christ, um, is what it likens it to. It describes it as a collective of all of the Christian believers, all the followers of Jesus everywhere. Um, We make up the church, so we are the church. Um, And we just happen to call the buildings, um, instead of calling them temples, we have called them churches. So to answer the question, well, what is the church? I think a really good look at it is when the church was first kind of born in Acts chapter two describes how um, the Christians of the early church were meeting together. And it's this really beautiful picture that I think is timeless. And you'll notice that it's kind of the model that modern churches have adopted. It says, and all of the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching into fellowship, into sharing meals, including communion, into prayer. They worshiped together at the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and fellowship and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. So that's a really cool picture we have of God's heart for what the church is all about. It's being together, whether that's at the temple worshiping together or in the homes doing fellowship and sharing meals. Um, that's kind of the heart that God has for the church. And the Greek word that's in the New Testament for church, um, it's ekklesia, and it means an assembly of people convened at a public place of council. But the key words there is it's an assembly of the people. So the church has always been, from the very beginning, the idea of people gathering together in person to pray for each other, to meet each other's needs, and to show the love of God to each other. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that an, an easy way to distinguish what that looks like is a church is not like a building or a place that you go to attend, but it's a people that you belong to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the people that you have aligned yourself with to carry out the mission of God. So in one sense, it's very difficult for us in our current online church time uh, to really belong to a group of people Um, Unless you already went to that church and you know the people of that church, it's really hard to get connected during this specific time with a church. Like to jump into a new church at this time would be really hard to really feel known by those people, to be connected with the mission that those people in that church are, are accomplishing. And that really happens in face to face in doing life with one another. And that's really hard to do online, I think. 
Yeah. And we have a quote from Relevant Magazine that kind of explains some of the main reasons why Christians are not attending church today. The quote says that most people aren't leaving the church because of abuse, offense, or hypocrisy, but because they believe the church is unimportant and people don't find value or serious benefit in attending church, irrelevant because the church isn't answering the questions that they feel people are asking, or inefficient because they feel like they can listen to a sermon on their daily commute by a preacher who is much better communicator than their local pastor and attending the church is a poor use of their time. And one of the things that I loved that this article said was that more efficient does not mean spiritually sufficient. And so we want to talk through some of the main things that we find in scripture that can only be met when we're meeting together as an assembly of believers like we were just talking about. And I think it starts off with even looking at how are we making the decisions of what is best for us, of what's best for our families. Mm-hmm. And 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so I think whether you're staying at home or going in person, the per- the heart of that decision and the motivation needs to be what is it that's glorifying to the Lord? And with that, Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit. And so if we're staying at home just because it's easy for us, then that's really not the heart of the glory of God. Or if it's because, you know, we don't want to get dressed and wake up early and park far away and have to go in and find a seat and interact with humans on Sunday morning, like relatable, but that doesn't (laughs) seem to be what we can find in scripture as how we should be making our decisions. And so we're going to talk through just some of the different things that we have found in the study of scripture that are just beautiful gifts that we have from gathering with a body of believers. Yeah. And I think um, if you notice, like even to some of the excuses that that were in that article for not going to church, um, they're all pragmatic reasons. But I think the primary reason we go to church is because God asks us to. The number one reason we, the people gather as a church is because we obey, uh, because we claim Jesus to be Lord and a Lord commands and his followers follow. And um, I think that's something really hard for us, especially, uh, I mean, there's probably some of you with like super Texan blood just boiling right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I mean this with like all sincerity and, and humility, like really the, the Lord commands us to do this and it should be our joy to obey our Lord. Mm. So here, let's read Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. And the author writes here, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. When we gather, we're rehearsing something we're rehearsing our future hope and that one day we will all be gathered together in eternity. So um, as we are forced to do this virtually, we should long to gather. We should say, man, this is uh, not what one day we will have in eternity. And so I should not settle for it now. Uh, I should want to be together with the body of Christ. And I think something's really key in Hebrews 10 to really hone in on is that it says that you we would come to one another and encourage each other uh, to spur one another on uh, to do good deeds and to do these things. And the word encourage like literally means to put courage into someone. 
And the reason mm-hmm. why someone would need courage is that they were facing something that is difficult, that requires strength, that requires endurance, really that's pushing them to accomplish something that they couldn't on their own. And so the reason why we need the church, according to Hebrews 10, is because we should be living lives that are difficult accomplishing the works of God and that we shouldn't be comfortable coasting through life. And so if you find yourself saying, Hey, I can just listen to a sermon online and I can worship in my car. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be around other believers to like love Jesus. Then I I think maybe according to this passage, we might be having comfort be our primary goal rather than doing the hard things of God. And so if you think you don't need someone, then maybe we're not living a life that God's called us to. That's so good. And I think it ties in with another reason of being a part of a local church, and that's the community and accountability that comes alongside that. And Hebrews 3, 13 says, you must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. And so we do need that continual reminding of one another. We need to be um, holding each other accountable to the things of God. We know as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so surrounding ourselves by um, fellow believers who are sharpening us to look more like Jesus Christ and to walk in sanctification. Yeah. And for the introverts out there listening to this, I know that's, that's been, that was challenging before um, all of this happened. And you're like, man, um, you know, there's probably a desire in you to like, I want to get involved in community in the community groups at your church, but it's difficult, but man, you're just missing out so much on God's intention for community because it's not just meant for the fellowship aspect, but as Courtney mentioned, the accountability and people able to fulfill their um, obligation as a brother and sister in Christ and to help each other and serve one another. Um, You can't do that without community. By us not wanting to be a part of the body, we're one, uh, we're missing out on the blessing and gifts of others and seeing the Lord work through them because nothing's more encouraging and reaffirming of my faith than seeing someone that I don't know or seeing someone who I love and they are worshiping the same God that I am. And so in those moments of doubt or in those moments of hard things that are going on in my life, it's comforting to see those around me who, for me, it's like, okay, this isn't just in my head. This isn't just because I want it to be true, but this is true. And it's demonstrated by other people praising God and serving his kingdom. And the other thing that you're missing out on is blessing others as well. Like God has given you a gift to bless others with and to build his kingdom. And by us not coming together as a body, we are being disobedient, and that's to the detriment of the church. Yeah, when I hear the phrasing in um, 1 Corinthians 12 about being part of the body of Christ, and you think about not participating in that, you're cutting yourself off from the rest of the body. So it's like you're like a tooth that somebody lost. Oh, like you're technically part of the body, but like you're separated Yeah. And it's almost as if like, man, without you, the body would be in a lot of pain. Like the body would be at a loss just because you don't think yours is the best quote unquote gifting. Um, It is definitely needed or else God wouldn't have given it to you. So another reason that um, we see in the Bible that maybe we shouldn't get so comfortable with the online church model 
is that as awesome as it is that we have these opportunities for these lead pastors to kind of be preaching these messages and for us to receive them and even like find whole playlists of these messages for encouragement um, without the relationship with that pastor, um, even the pastors are missing out on part of the calling and the opportunity of leading a church, which is the shepherding aspect. Um, They're not just um, put there to be teaching and preaching, but also to be leading because you're so much more likely to absorb and to follow the lessons that are being taught from the stage when you have a personal connection with the person teaching them because you're like, oh, I know this guy, I know how he lives his life off the stage. And so I can trust this wisdom. I can trust um, that he's hearing this from the Lord and that's where he's getting his guidance. Um, so I think that's actually exemplified in First Timothy 3, Um, Verses 1 and 2, it says, If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must enjoy having guests in his home and must be able to teach. So we see that there's a relational aspect to being pastored. It's not just being preached at. It's being pastored, which is interesting because the number one complaint that we kind of hear about megachurches in our American society is that the pastor seems inaccessible, right? Um, When the congregation gets to a size that the members feel like, well, man, um, he doesn't have time for me because there's so many people. Um, He's so busy. Like, how could I ever have a conversation face to face with the head pastor of the church? That's probably not a great situation. So with all of these Bible verses that we've mentioned in mind and the practical evidence, it just seems like there's so many reasons um, to be seeking to go to church in person and to be part of a community in person as soon as we can. I see this as an opportunity for us all um, to do church even better when we can go back and to take advantage of the opportunities of community and different groups and things um, that we're craving right now. So since we've kind of landed on... um, Since we've kind of landed on the idea that maybe we don't recommend getting too comfortable with the online church model, what do we recommend for our families? Yeah, I think a recommendation in how to start is the mindset of knowing that this is not ideal, but that this is our current situation. And so that we are able to, during this time, make the best of it as we can. And so for those of our listeners who are members of churches, that you are plugged into a local body, uh, that you would be faithful uh, to attend if your church has it virtually and, and being a part of what your church is doing. If they have like an email that's lined up of checking your email to see kind of what are the updates going on, how you can be praying for the church. Um, if you're not part of a church, if you're not a member of a local body of Christ, that during this time that you would be able to, like Courtney said earlier, um, be watching and researching and looking into different churches in your area, asking friends where they go. So once all of this is over, that you are ready out of the gate to now become part um, of a church. Yeah. Remember the gospel. And that's what's going to influence. Like if you are on the fence about church, the biggest thing that's going to push people over the fence to want to get into church is remembering the church is a collection of people that have an individual faith in Jesus Christ. So like I'm saved. I'm supposed to do something now. So yeah, we see over and over again in the New Testament that all of the Bible verses describing the purpose of the church 
all have one common thread, which is that it's meant to be done together in person as a community, like a family. Right. Yeah. Okay, so with Easter coming up and Holy Week, we just really want to encourage all of you to let the gospel fall afresh upon you and your family this week, and that this would be an opportunity to take advantage of the family discipleship that we were talking about, um, that you would be able to connect with a church online this week, and we hope that you would participate in cross-exam as well. All four of us have picked out sermons that we think will bless you and your family, and that we are praying over that it really would just renew your understanding of the gospel and that we would um, just look at the gospel with new lens, that it would be the good news, that we wouldn't become numb to hearing it repetitively, but that uh, the Holy Spirit would just enlighten our eyes to understand it in a new light. And so that is our prayer for you. We hope that this has encouraged you. And if you have any questions about getting involved in a local church or what churches are in our area, we would love for you to connect with us. Thanks so much. Love y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com. I'm going with the dyed eggs because Jesus died for our sins. Well. <laughs>